You are listening to Go Doc Yourself, your weekly documentary book club. Listen in while we two errands dissect our most recent documentary find. Sometimes weird, sometimes mainstream, but always entertaining. Grab a cup of coffee and let's clutch. Hi, and welcome to Go Doc Yourself. I am Erin McCart. And I'm Erin McCourt. Welcome back for our bonus episode for the year. Yeah. Yeah. We decided that we wanted to look back on season one and just kind of pick our top five documentaries. That was not easy. I was like, sure, we'll totally do it. And then I had a list of 20. (laughs) (laughs) And then I had to sit there and like talk myself out of just telling you I have a list of 20. The pros and cons. Yeah. I picked, I picked my five. And then I have three alternates. So (laughs) I have an honorable mention. (laughs) Right. Well, I was afraid that we would come up with the same ones, which really isn't bad in the long run. I mean, it means that we're, you know, kind of well aligned in what we liked. But yeah, so I'm going to propose that we go back and forth. Like, right. I don't. Did you do yours like five to one or does it matter? Yes. Just like Jim Morrison said, five to one, baby. I that was tough, too. That was like, okay. once I got the five done, then I'm like, now I got to rank them bitches and someone's going to get their feelings hurt and I don't want that to happen. <laughs> so you miss America that you're. <laughs> yeah. Okay. 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 You can go first. What is your number five pick for the first season? My number five pick is who killed Garrett Phillips. Nice. Yeah. I guess this is an OG one, right? Like this is what helped get us started. Well, one of the handful, I think that we were like, I think we should take this conversation to the world. (laughs) And (laughs) it's just a really compelling story. Mm -hmm. I guess because there's, in my opinion, a real railroad job of, you know, just a real miscarriage of justice going on here. The crime itself is not really well explained. Like, what happened to this poor kid, which is a tragedy. It's it's terrible that this kid is gone and his family has no Closure. answers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then beyond that, I think we need to look at the fact that the man who was accused was like the only brown man in the town. Ever. Yeah. Now, while he has gained some popularity, because as we learn, he's the fastest man that ever lived. I think that it's also true that there is no physical evidence. Mm -hmm. There's not really a motive. And he just kind of got slotted in. And everything else is bent around getting him to fit what the narrative that the police have chosen. Now, we've done several documentaries now. We've done some true crime stuff. I'm a true crime nerd. And so I listen to a lot of things. And it seems to me like maybe the authorities were not well equipped to investigate something like this. Like maybe there's not a lot of crime in Potsdam besides what we later learned in a different documentary is there's a toilet scandal. So that (laughs) does not make for good murder uh, investigation. So, you know, I think that's part of this too, but I think Nick Hillary, who's the guy that's accused, if you haven't seen this, he comes across incredibly well, in my opinion, he's just a really calm, (laughs) logical person and I really liked that about him now he could be like the biggest super villain ever because he just keeps it so like on he just keeps it together so well right 
but that's an, that's kind of, I think, my brief-ish overview of why I liked this one so much. It's hard to like a murder documentary, but I think it's a really crazy story. It is, and it was really, really well done. I've watched it so many times now. It's one of the ones that I've watched multiple times. And every time I watch it, I cry at the beginning. Whenever Garrett actually dies, it, it breaks my heart every single time. And then I get really angry every time I watch them just railroad him. And it's even though you know what's going to happen, it's just frustrating to watch every single time. So I agree. That was a good one. Good. Okay. Well, I'm glad you agree with my choice. I mean, like, you know, I think we picked ones we thought we would like, I mean, the whole season. Nonetheless, let's have your number five. My number five was actually downfall the case against Boeing. Okay. Because what it's really well done, but it was such a eye-opening experience to watch it and see one, how horrible chasing the mighty dollar has become right it's bad and it's and it really kind of encompassed industry at least in this country i'm guessing we're not alone in this over the last 40 years and how it's changed and how no one gives a shit about what they're putting out what their product is about anybody other than themselves and their pocketbooks anymore and that just was so harsh i I don't know i i did not expect it to go the way it went i expected them to talk about the crashes and the plane and that, but it just took a left turn. And I think I enjoyed where it went, although it was extremely frustrating to go along for the ride. Right. Absolutely. That's a great one to say in my life, there are consequences for my actions, but I guess if I had a major corporation that does not apply, (laughs) maybe because I'm not a white man. I don't know. I know. Right. (laughs) Hey, I will practically be a man soon. So let's just, yeah. I mean, (laughs) <laughs> I love that for you. Thanks. <laughs> no, it was a it was a really good documentary and I enjoyed it. Again, it's hard to enjoy a terrible story, but I feel better prepared to deal with, you know, the things that come up. I like I feel like I'll be more skeptical of the stories and things that I'm fed down the line because I'm like, wait a second. Right. It's right. this capitalism's fault. So I've seen this before. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> Loved it. All right. Ready for my number four? I'm ready. I am ready. Okay. (laughs) So my number four was Finders Keepers. That's my honorable mention. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. The best part of this documentary is that the first 10 minutes, you're just like, what is happening in this story? (laughs) What? And again... I still come away from this this whole thing about how did this man, John Wood, convince the surgical staff to let him keep his fucking leg? That's amazing to me. Yes. It's amazing, yeah. So not only does he wheel and deal and get that leg, they deliver it to him later by way of the mortician in a bunch of plastic bags. So it just feels like somebody gave somebody $25 and they like, you know scooted out of there with a leg in a bag it's just very suspect <laughs> and that's that's the beginning that's i know that's at the beginning uh, yeah so this was one that i was like this isn't real right <laughs> this is a punked situation so i liked that shannon wasn't is the kind of foil let me say in this he is a guy that's out to make a buck he's got some very interesting thought processes <laughs> 
on how to monetize a leg that he bought accidentally kind of in a a storage wars situation and he's like yeah this is my ticket this is what i'm gonna do this yeah so who does that yeah everybody in this documentary was like a real person yes people that are just trying to do the best they can that got caught up in a thing and i don't know that they knew how to get out of it but nonetheless um this was a story i'd never heard of it is there are some sad bits because there's some death involved but it's sort of in the past it's not like a current thing and they're just trying to make their way through it but i thought this is such a microcosm of america the last 20 yes. years. I mean, it's just so trashy and unbelievable. And people are fighting about something that's so they've missed the main point of all of it. I don't know. And you're just like, what happened here? So I think my favorite part about that one was that there were no real bad guys. So everyone, there are some, there's some bad behavior. There's some, <laughs> yeah shady dealings going on but in the end everyone has pretty good intentions they have fairly good hearts and they just are trying to do better eventually and so in the end you just really like everybody and it's rare that we watch a documentary that we're not like well that guy's a douche you know what i mean so that made me happy it was just kind of weird and strange but feel good all at the same time yeah it's sort of like there aren't a lot of big consequences right these are just people that are this is kind of contained to the lives of a handful of people and they're just trying to figure out. So it's, it's not like there are massive things that are happening uh, downstream from this. So that is kind of a relief because a lot of the things we talk about are really heavy, but in this case, it was just, you sort of left with a feeling of like, huh, all right. All right. And you wanted the best for everybody. So your number four, my number four is dirty tricks. I, you know what? It was so funny about this one for me was I started watching it and I came to you. I watched like, I don't know, 15 minutes. And I was like, Aaron, I don't think we can do this. It's horrible. <laughs> it's boring. It's stupid. And you're like, oh no, I've watched it. Just keep going. It's the best. And it absolutely is. It's a slow burn, but oh my God, who knew? Who knew the world of bridge was so scandalous? So this is about... Lotan Fisher, who is a world champion bridge player and known around the world. And if you don't know him, then there's something wrong with you. He uh, was accused of cheating. Him and his partner were accused of cheating at one point in time. And it just gets nasty and it just gets crazy. And then everyone's accused of cheating. And essentially, it's a witch hunt. It's the Salem Witch Trials. Well... I, I remember, again, I also loved it because I'm like, this can't, again, be real. I kept waiting for the the evidence to go. And they're like, well, here it is. And I'm like, but where? I, what? I mean, <laughs> yeah, right. they tried to lay out things for you. And they're like, see, see, this is evidence. And you're like, I'm not, this is not evidence. This is, there's like a lot of uh, setup. It's, it's, you have to like kind of go into it believing that they cheated. And he is very good and he's very arrogant. Yep. And so I think he pissed people off and that didn't help him politically kind of in the long run. But it's a great, it's a great documentary. It's just so fun to watch this because you're like, again, what's the guy's name? That's like the witch hunter. Boy. Boy. Yeah, there you go. 
he was a treat. He was like at the top of his game, so to speak. And then you get someone like Lotan who comes along and he was like, well, he's winning and not me. Or he left their team and went to a different team and he was pissed off because the other team won. And so it felt like he was just trying to take down people who he felt were better than him to make sure he would stay on top. It's suspiciously what it looks like. Although I'm sure he will, he thinks he's doing God's work essentially, but it's basically, uh, yeah, not. Yeah. I think we also could have called this documentary Sour Grapes and it would have been absolutely apt. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely would have. It was a surprise. The other part about this one I liked was there were zero women in it. There was like one champion and like somebody's mom and that was it. Yeah. And I'm like, I think there's a correlation here. (laughs) If we learned anything from this documentary, it was that our tidy lady brains cannot possibly comprehend the difficulties of bridge it, t- it would take us a lifetime to learn this game <laughs> oh we got so much mileage out of that <laughs> it was so good and we kept hounding everyone we do have you seen it yet have you watched this one these poor people we work with right please get the streaming service specifically so you can watch it and they're probably like okay lay off okay Jesus. These people have now changed jobs because of it. I'm just saying. <laughs> yes. <sighs> okay. All right. What's your number three? Number three. The final member. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. I wrote down, literally. <laughs> I watched the whole thing with my mouth open. And now that I'm reading back to you, I feel like that's a poor choice of words. <laughs> Considering the documentary, I think, yes, maybe not the best. Okay, this is a short one. If you haven't had the chance to partake, there's a lovely man. His name's Ziggy Jartson, and he has a vision to collect all the mammal penises, like all the specimen of each for his phallological museum in Iceland. And this is sort of the story of how it started and the journey to get the last specimen that he really needs, which is a human penis and Mm -hmm. the characters that are contenders for this are some of the most outrageous people I've ever seen in my life. Tom Mitchell. Oh my God. Who may or may not be an alien or a robot. (laughs) He was really a trip and um, he calls his penis Elmo. Like he refers to it throughout the documentary as Elmo, which is problematic And the other guy that's really a contender is Paul. I think it's Erickson. Is that right? Okay. Anyway, he's an Icelandic explorer. He's got some fame in that country. What he's famous for is not really great. He's uh, like a celebrated womanizer and he talks a little bit about that and that's creepy. (laughs) But then I think he gets his comeuppance because they do some kind of TV segment where they're trying to do a plastic casting of his giant wiener um and it is one of the funniest (laughs) things i've ever seen in my life i laughed for an hour and 11 minutes for this documentary (laughs) i could not handle it it was the funniest thing just thinking about it now makes me laugh so fucking hard i'm sorry it is just so funny it is it's one of the best hours of television i've ever watched in my life so (laughs) yeah it was great i I loved it so much because it's weird. And you're like, again, what is the story about? I just loved it. 
unfortunately, my number three was who killed Garrett Phillips. So okay, we'll have to just uh, move on. Well, yeah, we kind of already dredged that one up. Yep, yep. I do think it's funny though that we've taped that more than once. Yeah, we have. Yeah, so it's just when we were practicing, <laughs> practicing in front of say like family members on a stage, like kids do, so to speak. Yeah, right. I wish I could find it. I know I have some of our original recordings and I, I went to look for one when we did, I can't remember which one we redid. I'm like, Oh, I wish I could listen to that, mm-hmm. but it didn't, it didn't work. So, yeah. Mm. So anyway, we really wanted to do that one is the point I'm getting across. It was that good. Yeah. Okay. So we are to number two. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And is it my turn? Mm-hmm. All right. Unless you want me to go first since I didn't have a number three. Oh, let's do that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. My number two was Heaven's Gate. <laughs> okay. The cult of cults. Yeah. So, oh my gosh, you guys, I love a good cult documentary. And this one to me, what I love the most about it is this cult puts their crazy right up front. I mean, it's in the flyer before you even get to the first meeting. And I appreciate that because a lot of cults are very much like, hey, we're just a really good church. Come hang out with us. And then a year later, I don't know, you're you're in a cult. So This is a cult that believes that we are essentially aliens living in human bodies. And you have two leaders, T and Doe. I just can't get over those. I know. I know. It's too much. And the best part is, is they got people to believe this with them. And and this started in the 70s. So it's a little more understandable. The whole new age thing. Woo was real big. But it progressed for two decades. And at some point, you're not supposed to die. They were waiting for the mothership essentially to come get them. And unfortunately, one of the leaders died. T, right? Mm-hmm. Or Doe. Yeah. Okay, I can't remember which one was named. Yeah, which. I think it was. Yeah, I think it was T. The female. The female. And it, there was a female and a male. But the female head of this cult passed from cancer. And so... Now, the remaining leader has to kind of change the narrative to fit <laughs> this new this new dynamic, and it gets a little out of control. It was like she was keeping him in check, and he kind of went off the rails. At one point, because he was a homosexual and believed that they should have no... These people had no sex. They weren't supposed to have any joy in life, essentially. They were Basically. Supposed to, mm-hmm. Yeah, you're not supposed to have any human feelings. Um, And he was attracted to another man. And so he decided that all men in the cult should get castrated to prevent that from happening. And they did not, all of the men did not go through with it, but some of them did. And they tried to do it themselves and that didn't end well. And the fact that there were a couple people fighting to be the first to be castrated. Oh my God. Oh my God. Listen, how are you supposed to know how devout you are unless you literally put yourself on the chopping block. I guess. I guess. It just blows my mind. So one of the other aspects of this that was really hard to watch was there were some family members and like children of some members. And there was one girl who's both her parents were members in the cult and like they would come back, then they'd rejoin the cult and come back and rejoin the cult. And at the very end, they end up committing suicide as a group her father wasn't there. He was with her when the mother was with the cult and they did that. And then the sad part is, is he went 
and tried a couple more times and eventually did complete the task because he felt like he was left out. So she had to go through this multiple times, essentially, and was just waiting for it to happen again. And that broke my heart. Yeah, it was really difficult to listen to a lot of this. I mean, there's a lot of what I'm going to call classic cult jargon, right? Like, we're going to disconnect you from your family, from, again, what you said, any joy. We're going to change your name. We're going to take all your money. You know, you don't really have any identity outside of this. So there's a lot of, you know, the psychological breakdown of people that makes you more compliant to things in the long run. There's a lot of that discussed in this documentary, which is really interesting. Then beyond that, it's so fascinating to hear about there's a connotation that people in cults are stupid, they're gullible, they're a lot of those kinds of things. But these were a lot of scientists and people who really like computer savvy people and they had a lot of technology based things. And I thought that was really cool that they explored that in there as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. They had a lot of people who had higher education, which they used to contribute to the cult, as it were. So it, it was really well done. Yeah, yeah horrible to watch to watch people go through it and I liked that they had family members on the side and showed how it affects them because most of the time you focus on the cult itself and not the people who are left behind Um, so they did a really good job of that too they made them seem really human though I mean I know they were those people themselves were not supposed to be human but I think it was very interesting to see kind of the aspects about how we got here and you know the effects beyond what what's happening with them and I mean just the way society reacted to it after it happened, after all of the suicides happened, it was really gross to watch yep. from this perspective. At the time, I mean, I think I was probably like, oh, it's so weird. But just to kind of laugh at them and poke fun at them was really kind of insensitive, to say the least. It's the easiest thing to do, right? It's uncomfortable, and they present it in a way that makes it comfortable for you to behave that way, right? It's, I agree. We all behave poorly. All right. Ready for mine? Mm-hmm. All right. So my number two was Tinder Swindler. Nice. Nice. So we're talking about a guy named Simon Laviv. I forget how we're supposed to say his name. It sounds different than what (laughs) it's written, but he's basically a hustler and he has a ton of great, he's like the best marketing guy ever. So the pictures that he's posting on his profiles are of him on planes and exotic locations. And he's got tons of money and all these friends and all this kind of stuff. And then you would match with him and he would take you to a fancy hotel and kind of broadcast this wealth to kind of draw you in. And then suddenly there would be some kind of danger and you'd be sucked into this (laughs) kind of high stakes situation where he's been injured. Somebody in his party has been injured. There's all these texts all over the place. So it's like a love bomb. And then all of a sudden he switches it up on you and he's like, Oh, my credit cards are frozen. And I need you to send me $50,000. And you're like, sure, sure, cool cat. So there are three amazing women that they kind of focus on, which are Cecilia, Pernella and Aileen. And each of them has kind of a unique role in this. Uh, Cecilia is probably the one that's in debt to him the most. They kind of discuss how she got to that point, but she actually contacts a newspaper and has them do a story on this guy. And she puts out a lot of very personal information, which I thought was extremely brave, but she ends up finding Pernilla that way, who was also in the same boat. She wasn't necessarily 
romantically attached to Simon, but nonetheless. So Pernilla kind of confronts him occasionally, and which, you know, we don't know how dangerous this guy is. And then finally, Aline comes along, and she is the one who kind of gets one over on him because she's the one who sees the the article, and it's like the same pictures and the same texts and the same voice memos or whatever with just the name changed. It's very formulaic once you hear about it. And then kind of his whole spiel, he gets called out, you know, in the public eye. And so there are some comeuppance for him. I don't think it really stopped him in his tracks the way we were hoping it would. But I think it's a really cool example of women banding together and kind of not competing with one another. They're just kind of like, we're sisters in this. We're going to get this dude. And I really liked that part of it. I agree. It's one of those things that you go into it with an initial idea of how in the world are people going to just give this person money? And then you start seeing how he did it. And he was really, really good at what he did. And you're right. A lot of people get weeded out pretty quickly, I'm sure. And we don't see that process. You just see the women who got caught up in it. And there were probably a lot of people who got weeded out. But also, there were a lot of other women who got caught up in it, too, that we didn't hear about. And it's just how he funded his entire life was off of other people and living this fake lifestyle. Well, the lifestyle, I guess, was real, but he didn't have all the danger or, uh, you know, a rich family or anything to back him up. It was just all lies. And I I do give him credit for being able to keep it all straight because Jesus Christ, just watching it, I couldn't keep it straight. So that's crazy. Yeah. He did an amazing job of putting that out there so you would believe it. Like, I don't think these women are stupid for believing it because they did have some real life experience. It wasn't just like what he said. They did experience part of this with him. And several of them did the Googling that you're supposed to do, you know, kind of checking in to make sure. I mean, they just didn't, they did a little bit of due diligence. I don't know who would have gone to some of these extremes to find this guy out. And then you find out he's been scamming people basically his whole life. I mean, he really has made a career out of this. So he was quite good at his craft. Right. I liked it because there's a lot of girl power in that one, I guess. There is. There is. And it was a crazy (laughs) ride. It was really well done. That was, yeah, that was a very good choice. So my number one for the year was Undercurrent, The Disappearance of Kim Wong. It's a great choice. It's, It's such a good documentary. It covers Kim Wall, who was a Swedish journalist who happened to be living in Denmark. She goes to interview this eccentric inventor, and then she disappears. She's never seen from, seen from, or heard, seen again. So, (laughs) yes, that's where we are today. They start the investigation, and this, this documentary does a really good job of covering the investigation, covering the suspect, and the trial and everything. But what I loved the most about it was that they made her human. They didn't just focus on her death. That wasn't who she became. She was a journalist and she was a friend and she was a daughter and she was a girlfriend and she had an amazing life before this happened. And they really made sure to put that out there. So she wasn't defined by her death because it was tragic and it was horrible. It was just a crazy trial as well. The other thing about this case that was just ridiculous almost was the person who did the murder. He he just assumed he'd get away with everything. And so he, and he was one of those people that was like, I'm just so much smarter than everybody else. So it doesn't matter. Yes. They'll never figure it out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And so he would tell a story like, oh no, I put her back on, on shore. 
And they're like, well, that's funny because there are cameras in there. There's no <laughs> video. Yeah. And he's like, oh yeah, my bad. She passed out. There was some weird submarine lingo bullshit that no one would possibly figure out. And they're like, we have an expert. And they say, that's not possible either. And it just yeah. keeps happening. And then they're like, well, we found, we found parts of her body. Well, yes, because, and I mean, he just had an excuse for everything and it's a horrible crime. I'm glad he was convicted of it, but Jesus Christ, he's a, he's a something else. Yes. And you find out, He'd kind of been plotting and making plans to get some poor woman on this man-made submarine. And he'd ask a couple people and they'd been weirded out and had sort of said no. So as under wraps, as it seemed to have been at the surface, like, why would he ever? When you dig a little deeper and kudos to the journalists and the people who were trying to understand what really happened. Because, I mean, you kill a journalist the journalists are coming for you. I don't know. Right. <laughs> They've got investigations, right? Yes, They've got that for a living. Yes. And these are not, I mean, there's different levels of journalism, right? These were journalists who were going to war zones and very conflict riddled places. They were not scared off by whatever. They, they were just people who were used to getting to the bottom of shit. And he was unprepared because he thought his level of celebrity in that area of the world would isolate him, will insulate him from being, you know, whatever. And, and it's terrifying. And I also like the fact, not like the fact that, that people are like, well, what was she wearing? Like that was said. And I'm like, what? Fucking people. She went to a submarine. I'm sure it wasn't. <laughs> she wasn't wearing stripper heels and a short skirt. It's right. You know, come on. Even if she was. No, no. Yeah. But I mean, you know, they kind of talked about she felt safe because he was well known, mm -hmm. you know, so he was sort of a known entity and, and who knew that he'd really had a dark side that he'd been harboring and plotting for some time. But yeah. I did like the part where he was like, well, it was this. And they were like, no, it wasn't. He was like, fuck. OK, well, how about this? And they were like, mm -mm, mm -mm, no. Mm -mm. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it was amazing. It was amazing. It was a really good one. All right. My number one was. How to Fix a Drug Scandal. I just loved nice. it. I loved it so much. It was such a good one. <laughs> I've watched it so many times. I know. So talk about case with, or two cases, with huge consequences and, you know, downstream effects for thousands and thousands and thousands of people. And, you know, so we have Sonia Farrick, who's using drugs in the lab, which is just amazing to me in the worst way. And then we have Annie Dukan, who's not doing anything in the lab. Sign, sign in her name. She's signing her name. <laughs> and both are really bad. So, and then we had the prosecution, who's really unwilling to investigate impact beyond what they have to admit. And that's really problematic for me because it's supposed to be like, ooh, we uphold justice. And, and it's like, that's not justice. That's just us trying to keep our shit together enough that you don't look too closely. Mm -hmm. And then... Uh, Probably the hero of that thing was um, Luke Ryan and the defense attorneys who are just incredible human beings and just kept fighting. And I hope if I ever find myself in a situation like that, I would have been like, but that's not right. And they just kept going after people. Yep. Well, after the system, basically. And they were able to, uh, you know, 
make some good stuff happen for folks. So get it done. I really liked that one. Yeah, I did too. I love it. I have some honorable mentions. Like I said, I have finders keepers, the final member, of course, (laughs) of course, but another one is the Janes, which I think is so appropriate during this time and also abducted in plain sight, which is just the most fucking bizarre story ever. It's so crazy. Yeah. That was a really tough one to do because you're just the pain that the family endured, uh, but they came through it. I mean, they came out the other side and they're still, you know, advocating for other people, which I think is such a huge healing. It seems to be a good vehicle for people who are trying to not let this happen to somebody else. And I, I admire that so much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had runners up. I had dirty tricks. Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> I had behind the curve. We didn't talk about that. (laughs) So ridiculous. It is. So that's the one about the flat earthers. And can we just talk about Mark Sargent who wears his own merch? I don't want to talk about Mark Sargent ever (laughs) because he talks about himself enough. No one else needs to. Jesus. And he talks about himself in the first person or third person. Sorry. Yeah. All the time. I just love the fact that he's found a place in society where he's a big deal, but in the real world, he's wearing his own merch and he lives (laughs) with his mom. And I'm like, "Mm." like one of those two is acceptable. Like we live in crazy times and the economy is not what it was, you know, so I'm not going to fault somebody for living with mom or having mom live with them. That's okay. But the wearing of his own merch, like more than once. Okay. Like sometimes we hire at multiple like changes of outfit and I'm like sir stop it it's well you know what's interesting is I didn't see a single other person wearing his merch in that video (laughs) just him (laughs) Yeah. yeah I think the other big takeaway from that one for me was the fact that the scientists the astrophysicists and people were like these are people who really want to learn they're curious folks they're people who are thinking and trying and and you know asking a lot of questions and they treated that as something that was good. They're like, let's talk about it. Let's, you know, work through these things together. I think they did a good job of making science accessible, which we don't talk enough about. I think science can be really intimidating for people. Mm -hmm. And as a person who does science and I know how sometimes ridiculous it is, it doesn't have to be that way. It should be a, a broader discussion and, and we should be having lots of talks with people who are curious and want to learn more. So I liked that part of it. From the very beginning, you're told science is hard and you're just not smart enough to do it. And people get told that enough. They just assume that it's true. And I know people who have met me and they find out what I do. They're like, oh, you're so smart. No, I'm not. I'm not that smart. <laughs> I am surprised I am gainfully employed most days. So here we are. You could do it too. It's just, It's just you were told that you couldn't. And that's the difference, really. So Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then my last honorable mention was Tickled, actually. <laughs> oh, my God. Such a good one. Such a good one. David Farrier. I love you yeah. so much. <laughs> I love him, too. I do, too. I cannot wait till his new one comes out, and then we'll have to cover it. Yeah, that'll be really interesting. You know, Tickled was something I'd heard about beyond the focus of our you know, our podcast, this was something I'd heard way before. So it's not necessarily super duper new, but it is the weirdest story. And I guess that's all minor kind of wild stories. I think that's what I really liked about it, but I watched it with my mom. I don't recommend. (laughs) That's uncomfortable. (laughs) She was horrified. It's not sexual. 
ish. In theory. I mean, like, you can watch it and be like, there's something going on here that I, yeah, remains yeah. undefined. <laughs> I just, it cracks me up so much that they're like, listen, we have these uh, wrestling competitions or tickling competitions yes. that look like wrestling, but they're tickling, sorry. But I'm like, how do you win? What do you win? <laughs> Is there a bracket system? What's going on here? And uh, you get none of those answers. No, you really don't. Mm-mm. But I do wholly appreciate the, again, great investigation of David Ferrier and the guy that does it with him. And I didn't write his name down because I'm not low-key lo- in love with him. So it's fine. <laughs> 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 Which is unfortunate for me, but still. Yeah, that was one of my favorites. I loved it so much. In all honesty, most of the ones that we did, I really enjoyed. There were some that were... Um, I would have never thought to watch it if I wasn't looking for documentaries to do. There were some that I was like, eh, like this, <laughs> this could have been not mm-hmm. so much of my time. Mm-hmm. Potty town's a good example that could have been half that length and I would have been happy with it. But yeah, there are just so many good ones out there. And I think we got some good ones this year and hopefully next year we have some more good ones. I agree. I liked that we both had some, I mean, we found them in the weirdest places too. Like people would recommend them or, you know, you just come across them like they're recommended by Netflix or what have you. There are lots of lists of kooky documentaries out there. And for us to select ones that would work for our timeframes and things like that, we kind of got funneled into a certain direction. And, and I thought it was fun to like, just come up with these wacky things that <laughs> you're like, what is happening in the world? <laughs> so The fact that people put money into some of these, I mean, and for example, we have, the Bray Road Beast. Someone invested in that and yeah. put money into that. Yeah. They had to pay for those graphics. Look, that's somebody's life work. And I admire them for being so passionate about something that, you know, it's like, oof, if they could prove, I mean, crypto is a big thing for a lot of people. So, I mean, crypto, like zoology. Yes. Yeah. Not cryptocurrency. Also yes. a big <laughs> thing for other people or maybe yeah. the same people, but it's not the same crypto. That's what I'm trying to say. So, I'm, I'm here with you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I don't have any more. I mean, I don't have any more on my list. No, that was it for me. And I, I'm really excited that we picked different ones because I was like, oh, we're going to pick the same ones. But I'm so glad we didn't. That's really fun. <laughs> I know. I think there were some that I immediately went to and I thought that. And then I'm like, you know what? No. And I had to go through the list a couple of times and, and remember all of them before I could pick some. So, well, yeah, 50 is a lot. 52, 50 is a, is a ton of different genres and I mean there was a lot of things that I thought like I really liked the one about the graffiti rolling like thunder it's really fun to to go back and look at our body of work if you will so yeah it's been a fun ride (laughs) (laughs) all right well I hope everyone has a good rest of the year and we will see you in the new year yeah love it all right okay guys thanks bye later